Welcome back to episode seven of our Outgrowing the Good Christian Girl series. Guys, I am pumped to talk about that episode with Dr. Amy Peeler. We are debriefing this changing of our views on women in the church. Now, let me quickly just clarify. I know in past debriefing episodes, there's been a little confusion. These debriefing episodes with me and James, they're not teachings. They're not us going through what the Bible says. They're us responding to the person who went through what the Bible says. So if you haven't already checked out Dr. Amy Peeler's um, podcast episode on women in the church, women's roles and in marriage, check that out first. And then this is our personal journey wrestling with this question. So let's start off just by saying, what did you grow up believing about women in the church? Well, I grew up in churches that only had male pastors, that only had male elders. And I don't think I ever heard women demeaned, but it was sort of this idea that, hey, God has given us this sort of arbitrary hierarchy. And because we love and honor God, we just obey it. And so, you know, just embrace the role that God has given you. And Mm -hmm. I was like, okay. I see the Bible verses. I guess that makes sense. Carry on. And as a guy, like, why would you question that? There's nobody telling you you can't do something that you feel in your heart to do. You know, like, Mm -hmm. I also didn't feel anything in my heart to do. So, (laughs) yeah. And I guess for me, like, I also grew up in a church with only male pastor pastors, like the head pastor, but there were women in leadership. And I never felt like there was something I couldn't do. I guess. Maybe if I had pressed them, they would have said, we don't think a woman should be the head pastor of a church, but anything else is fine. And I know like the pastors at my church and my dad were extremely like, go get it, go do this. So like my my youth pastor and my dad were coached me. They encouraged me to start giving messages at my youth group when I was, I don't know, 12 or 13. And they coached me through it and they give me feedback after. And they were like, you can do this. You're a speaker. Like God's giving you giftings and that banging Upstairs is our daughter in rest time, by the way. So if you hear that in the background, yeah, rest time is a generous term. Um, And then our lead pastor would like let me share different things on my heart. He'd encourage me to share them like from the stage on Sunday, like as a a preteen and a teenager. So I never felt like there was something I couldn't do. It was like, if God put this on your heart, you can do it. But Mm -hmm. I guess we'll move into the second question now, how your beliefs started changing. And for me, it actually changed backwards before it changed forwards. So I started going to this church with a boyfriend, this guy I fell madly in love with, I thought he was amazing. And he had very strict views on what women's roles were. So women were supposed to wear a head covering because of 1 Corinthians 11 and they could never speak in church. Like they had this service, their communion service that like women could not like they couldn't have women worship leaders. The women could not say a prayer in church. Like they had to be silent and wear a head covering. It was like really intense. And I remember going to visit their sister church and they'd like judge and be like, these people don't do it quite as legalistically strictly as we do. They're not wearing head coverings. Yeah, exactly. We're following the rules better. We win. Exactly. That's totally how it was. The heart of all Pharisees. (laughs) As a recovering Pharisee. It's true. We followed the rules better. Yay! It's true that it's, yeah. And I'm not trying to like, I think sometimes I make, maybe it comes across as me making fun of the way I used to think. And, and I know like, if that's your conviction, I'm not trying to say, I don't know. I'm not trying to like say you're bad for having that conviction at all. You just, you don't want to be in a place where you are sort of subconsciously thinking that your relevance to God or your relationship with God is based off how you follow the rules and not based off 
God's amazing grace to us. Yeah. That's what it's about. That's very well said. So I started thinking, oh my gosh, all this time I have dreamed of speaking around the world. I have dreamed of like doing these things in my heart. And I remember my boyfriend literally telling me like, you can't do those things. I don't know why God would have given you those gifts because you can't use them because you're a woman, like literally <laughs> saying this. And I like, my world was just like, kind of like cracking apart. Like I'm like, okay, well he has rock solid arguments based yeah. on scripture for why he believes the things he does. So like, am I sinning by this other way? And so I started trying to conform to this, like wear a head covering, be silent, blah, blah. And guys, I felt like I was dying inside. And I felt like my relationship with God was like over. It felt like, I just felt like I was dead inside. Sad face, I know. Sad face. So when did your view start to change? With the advent of Tiffany in my life. <laughs> Yeah, I remember being on a date, and I remember exactly where we were shopping. We were in the I don't car, remember this. and Tiffany was like, "Oh, I totally believe women can be pastors." And I was like, "That's not in the Bible. Who is this crazy woman that I'm dating?" You didn't break up with me, though. No, because like that ex-boyfriend would have. Yeah, you see, that's the thing is that you know I have this gut reaction because again, like a lot of the things we've talked about, it's not so much that I hated women or didn't think that women were smart or didn't think that women were qualified it was like well if you don't believe that part of the bible you must not really believe the other parts of the mm -hmm. bible it's almost like a litmus test for how much does this person really care about scripture mm -hmm. and so can i just yeah. butt in there real yeah, quick sure there's been a lot of stuff recently coming out about how deconstruction is sexy and blah 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 and i just want to say like for us and the people that I know personally, that is not the case. This is a painful growing process. Where yeah, I, don't, I don't know. I don't think, I think very few people would opt into this because yeah. they were bored. Yeah, agreed. It's painful. It can feel isolating. You mm -hmm. feel like, it's like there's so much angst and anxiety in it. And it is a growing process and it is hard. I don't know anyone who does this because it's sexy. Like, come on, seriously. We're not doing this because we want to be like, I don't believe what the Bible says. I want to do things my way. That's not what's mm -hmm. happening. We're saying like, we actually care about what the Bible says. We're all in. And so even if it means deconstructing what we've believed to kind of rebuild on that, we're going to do it because we're all in. So we care about what the Bible says and we want to know what it actually means. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because if you think about it, you know, for all my Calvinist friends out there, Martin Luther, maybe in some level, the original what a a a what was, was a deconstructor, if that's even a word. Yeah, what because, do you think the Reformation was? A deconstruction party, like, and let's and, call re, it what and, it is. and reconstruction. Yeah. yeah, and and I think a lot of times, like you can see how passionate Tiffany is about that. I think a lot of times people get really like worked up about this when they feel that people aren't really listening to them. Mm. So it may be when you talk to the people in your life this is a real like rabbit trail now that are that are deconstructing and you find out what's really going on with them mm. and like have a conversation I think eventually you may realize that they're all up in people's faces on the internet or in real life because they feel like they're just not being heard personal opinion not a psychologist and maybe vice versa yeah. because people I know who are deconstructing kind of stand back in the shadows most of them because yeah, they're afraid of being seen a lot of and other people are like yeah. people are deconstructing and trying to be sexy and don't care about god and it's like that's not what's happening mm -hmm. maybe for some yeah. people but i think it's important to just here. deal with the people you actually know mm. and not people you don't know on the internet yeah anyway so let's go back to what you were saying now oh okay <laughs> yeah so i think i think i realized you know in the grand scheme of things I'm dating this girl who doesn't who doesn't necessarily share every single theological belief I have, but does seem to love God and love the Bible. Mm. 
you know, I, I feel like that's okay. I'm not, mm -hmm. I wasn't necessarily looking to marry someone who just agreed with me in every way and was just like, oh, well, you know best, so whatever. <laughs> Good, because you didn't get that with yeah, me. Yeah, <laughs> no, it wasn't what I was looking for either, yeah. so. Yeah. Um, so that's when things started changing for you. Well, I guess. Well, just... but it wasn't the the first change was oh I'm, I'm I'm comfortable with, mm -hmm. you know, with this. I'm not going to try to argue. Or I'm comfortable with you having this. I don't feel the need mm -hmm. to argue with you about it. Even so that's probably the first change. But I I don't think I changed my opinion at right. that point. No, you didn't. Yeah. And to be honest, I don't know if my opinion is has that changed like i i has changed that much in the fact that i've like um I, I i i just listened to your interview so i didn't meet dr peeler but i've never met a, a um a female that i thought oh i would love for this person to be my pastor and now when i told you this you said well is that because like in growing to churches where there can't be women pastors if a woman felt like she was called to be a pastor why would she go to that church so mm -hmm, like they probably mm -hmm. haven't been in your circles <laughs> yeah exactly and i and i think that that's a very good point and and something that dr peeler pointed out can i talk about yes. what she what she said that really made sense to me is she said you know a lot of these these you know admonitions by paul of women not speaking in church maybe a reflection of women were not educated at all mm -hmm. so they're just asking like dumb questions that like if you were just sort of had you know could read and were even like sort of familiar with culture you would know and so it's like hey if you have like a question like ask the more educated person that you know mm -hmm. and like that's like as someone who studied a little bit of ancient culture like that's true that's true like mm -hmm. women women you know were they, they they were not they were not encouraged <laughs> to go to school yeah um to say the least, and they didn't really have the kind of rights that w that even conservative women today mm. in conservative churches would consider to be normal. Mm. Um, like it's it's almost like tal. It was like we would we if you were if you visited ancient Greece or ancient Rome and you saw how women live, you'd be like, these people are like the Taliban. Hmm. Like they're just not treating women well at all. What's mm. going on? Mm. Um, like it was, it was, am I being a little hyperbolic? Yeah, of course. But like it was, it was really different for women mm. and not in a good way. Mm. Um, so like that, that cultural context I think is a super important, but it also reminded me of, um, you know, I work in, I work in business. I work for a fortune 500 company and there's a lot of talk about, well, why aren't women, you know, you know, CEOs at the same mm -hmm. level that men are CEOs or CFOs. And, you know, a lot of research is starting to show that, you know, when women are starting out in their career, they aren't given the same opportunities mm -hmm. to, you know, lead a new team or lead a bigger team because maybe they're having their children or maybe they're just mm -hmm. an older guy is like, ah, I see myself in this younger guy mm -hmm. and this younger lady, I don't really get her. So we're going to give the promotion to the guy. But that sort of not getting those initial opportunities, you know, mm. leads women to be less qualified, if you will, farther down the line because they just they didn't get the opportunities to kind of cut their teeth and experiment and learn how to do things. And mm. I think that that's probably largely true for pastors in sort of the conservative circles where I've always worshipped. Is that you know our pastor is wonderful, but he's been he's been he he's been to Bible school. He has women a might not be encouraged to go He's to. He's been a pastor preaching sermons, you know, you know, 20 years, 20 years. So mm -hmm. like he just didn't like wake up when he was like 21 and I, I'm an amazing pastor. You know, he's gotten a lot of like training and experience People that's made him, him that on way. Him. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so 
you know. And even just going off of that, mm-hmm. we some of our family go to a church with a women pastor, and they said when the woman became the pastor, a ton of people left. So if you think even about church growth, like in a lot of settings that are more conservative, people don't want to go where there's a woman pastor, and sometimes because of the Bible verses or maybe something else. Mm-hmm. But it's just traditions, yeah. So I think even going back to like getting experience, like there's a lot standing in the way of a woman who wanted to be a pastor. Yeah. Practically yeah. speaking. Yeah. Um, and I, yeah. So I, I think that a lot of, you know, a lot of me never quote unquote running into a woman who I think, wow, this woman would be really qualified to be my pastor is they don't, they don't go to the seminaries, you know, and I, I well, went to not a, that they don't go to the seminaries, but, but they don't, the they seminary. don't go. Yeah. They don't go. If they go to the seminaries, they're told, well, you can be a counselor or you can be a pastor's wife or you can be a pastor's wife or you're definitely not called the public ministry. No, 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 no. Mm. You know, I, I know that. Or from, just women's ministry. Just yeah, women's pastor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So to the extent that you're shut out of the opportunity to be, you know, a lead pastor, yeah, you're probably not going to be qualified because you're not getting the experience. Mm. So like, that's a really, I think that's an important, that was when she said that, I said, ah, that's true. Because really, like, I've learned, I had female professors in college. I've had female bosses. You know, it doesn't, the gender doesn't matter so much as, hey, is this person empathetic? Is this person a good communicator? Are they a good teacher? Do they mm-hmm. care? Like, yeah. these are the things that matter in a leader. Mm-hmm. So for me, I feel like my perspective started changing after that relationship. Because again, going back to this idea of like the fruit that a tree bears, I felt like for me, like when I was speaking, I felt alive. And when I was silent, I felt that inside. Not that it was that simple, but that was the basic idea. And I just felt like this is not the freedom and the life and the abundant life that God came to give us. And so mm-hmm. for me, I started thinking, I must be misunderstanding this. Like I care about the Bible. I want to understand what it's saying. I want to follow what it's saying. And I remember praying over and over like, God, if you don't want me speaking, please show me. And like there were many things I felt like God convicted Mm -hmm. me of and that was never one of them. Mm -hmm. Um, And I kept saying, I trust you, God. Like I trust that you'll show me that you'll lead me. And eventually I just started saying, you know what? I think it is okay to share, to speak (laughs) some and started speaking more. And um, again, just like trusting that God would show me if this was not the right thing for me to be doing. Um, And then the fruit that I saw on the other end, I remember talking to a girl my age Um, at that church I went to and saying to her, like, do you struggle with these women's roles? Like you've been raised in this church your whole life. And she said, sometimes I wonder why I was ever born. Like I have no purpose. And I was like, if that's the message that's being sent and granted, this was a very like extreme side Mm -hmm. of the spectrum Mm -hmm. church. Mm -hmm. I was like, that is not the message of the gospel at all. And so I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, that's a big red flag to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started speaking more and I'd encounter resistance. I remember going to this one summer camp as their chapel speaker and a lot of people were up in arms that they had a woman come as the chapel speaker. And the chaplain told me like, that's why I had you come because I wanted to rock the boat a little. I was like, thanks for the heads up. But- um, You also liked it, I'm I also sure. loved it. But the girl, some of the girls were like, can you tell us like why you think it's okay for women to mm-hmm, speak? Mm-hmm. And they really wanted to know. And I was like, I don't know yet, but I do know that I'm surrendered to God's will and I believe I'm following him. And the fruit, the fruit thing is where it's at for me. As time passed, um, I got to a point where I was like, I do think a lot of those teachings are cultural. Um, and I, I came to a point where I was like, okay, I'm just going to trust God. I'm not going to try to figure this out for everybody in the world. I'm not mm-hmm. going to be like, can that lady over mm-hmm. there be a pastor? I'm just going to mm-hmm. be like, here's what God has put in my heart to do. Yeah. 
Do I have a desire to be a pastor? Not in a million stinking years. That is the hardest job on the planet. Maybe not the hardest, yeah. but it's it, mm -hmm. pastor's wife, same thing. That's probably even harder, honestly. Like I mm -hmm. would never want those things. So the people who have them, I believe are called for them if you want to do it because like that is hard stuff. So do I want that? Do I feel called to that? Absolutely not. And so why would I be worrying about if that other person is following God correctly in their calling? I don't know. Yeah, and I think we need to be willing to look at the fruit of yeah. the ministry. Mm -hmm. You know, we might not feel called to participate in it, but if it continues to bear good fruit, um, like in our community, then we would say, yeah, you know, and, God is God is at work. Yeah. And do we really think that any of our churches have it all together perfectly? No. <laughs> like really, God works mm -hmm. in spite of and through our brokenness. Yeah, that's really the only option he has other than Jesus. Yeah, who's yeah not with us. it's true. Yeah, so working through broken people. That's not to take things lightly, but I think hearing Dr. Peeler explain it, I was like, this makes sense. Like, this is what I was looking for years ago when I was like, I don't know what to believe, but mm -hmm. this doesn't mm -hmm. feel right. And sometimes that's what it starts with is like in my gut, in my spirit, like this doesn't feel right. I see the fruit of it and it's death mm -hmm. and not life. Mm -hmm. And so I think... To pay attention to that and keep studying and keep searching and trying to understand better. Um, recognizing that our, our mm -hmm. understanding of the Bible mm -hmm. is imperfect. Mm -hmm. Not because there's mm -hmm. anything wrong with the Bible, but because we're human and mm -hmm. it was written not to us. Mm -hmm. It was written for us, but not to us. And so we have to kind of keep that in mind as we read yeah. it. Yeah, and, and I will say, I don't, you know, I think, you know, obviously Dr. Peeler is very educated and mm -hmm. knows a lot more than I do. I don't know, and I'm sure there are scholars who disagree with the way that she yeah, interprets absolutely. the scripture. And, and that's That's true that's on fine. so many topics. Yeah. Different scholars will come exactly, to different Exactly, exactly. And I'm, you know, I'm not even enough of a scholar to say, well, it's because of this yeah. nuance <laughs> that I would instead argue this. But right. she's not making things up. I mean, I, I think it's important to acknowledge that this is a That even if you totally disagree, this is a legitimate perspective. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I think, you know, something that kind of stuck out for me is, wow, well, I may not totally agree with her, but, like, the arguments I've heard for, the scriptural arguments for why women shouldn't be pastors, I don't know that I'm totally comfortable with either. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing that I'm sort of comfortable with is God made this arbitrary decision that we'll never understand. Because to me, anything other than that is sort of saying, eh, it, basically women are inferior in some way in the mm. kingdom of God. And I, I'm just not, I'm not comfortable with that. Um, but I think that women could still feel inferior with an arbitrary rule. You know oh, I mean? they totally could. Yeah, they totally could. And I'm, and I'm not necessarily saying that's what I believe because of this, this scripture. I mean, I think that. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, we'd love to hear your guys' thoughts in the comments. And thanks for joining us on this journey. We'll be back after the new year with some episodes on purity culture and sex. So very excited about those. Bye guys.